TII item 360, August 26, 2015. If you keep touching your iPhone like that, everything's going to get all blurry. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by lynda.com. Learn the top software, creative, and business skills from easy-to-follow video tutorials at lynda.com. Start your free 10-day trial. Visit lynda.com slash TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Russell for sending in the music you hear in the background. Russell wrote, I robbed this song was made with a GarageBand iOS app. Regards, Russell Campese. Well, thanks, Russell, for the music, and folks, I'll put the full song at the end of the episode. also want to thank Dan for sending in the artwork for today's show. Dan said the following, Hi, Rob, this photo I took on the Isle of Majerus while I was in Mexico early in this year. The photo was taken with my iPhone 6. The moon and lights, stars in the sky were added using Pixlr photo extension. The branding with the camera plus app, P-L-U-S, not the plus symbol, I added an ocean filter in Pomelo and turned down the opacity to about 75%. Finally, I used iOS's built-in editing tools to adjust the contrast, black point, and the overall color of the image to really make the blue sky pop. Regards, Dan, South Jersey. Well, thanks, Dan, for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Dan's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 360 or at instagram.com slash iOS. And also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash todayinios. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote, quote, We hope our tablet PCs can reach a global market share of 10 to 20% initially and become the market leader in two to three years, unquote. Gianfranco Lancy, CEO and President, Acer, 26 November, 2010. Nope. Just saying. For promo codes in episode 359, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Home PWS. Already gave out those as the expiration date was coming and going. So thanks to everyone that sent in the request for those promo codes, but again, they have been given out. This week, we have promo codes for the app Kaleidoscope Stereoscope 3D. Here is the review from the dev. Hello, we are developers from Odessa, Ukraine. We have developed a unique app for them who love three-dimensional images, which are called stereograms. Its main feature is the stereograms are animated, and uh, animated pictures are definitely much more interesting than the simple one. The application has three modes. The first one is stereoscope. You can watch the figures that fly inside the sphere. The second mode is stereo kaleidoscope. Unlike the common kaleidoscope, this one is three-dimensional. Kaleidoscope's pattern is separating to several layers in space. Indeed, it is fascinating spectacle. The third mode is just for lovers of beautiful kaleidoscope patterns. If you never seen stereo pictures, our app has a tutorial and training mode. Thank you for your attention. 
Well, thanks to the devs for their review of their app, Kaleidoscope Stereoscope 3D, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put 3D in the subject line. And of course, a quick reminder, if you're an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. To start, let me read from an Apple post that went up on August 21st. Quote, Apple has determined that in a small percentage of iPhone 6 Plus devices, the iSight camera has a component that may fail, causing your photos to look blurry. The affected units fall into a limited serial range and were sold primarily between September 2014 and January 2015. If your iPhone 6 Plus is producing blurry photos and falls into the eligible serial number range, Apple will replace your device's iSight camera free of charge. The iSight camera is located on the back of your iPhone 6 Plus. Unquote. There is a serial number checker at the post Apple put up, and there'll be a link to that in the show notes. And yes, my iPhone 6 Plus is in that range, as will be yours if you purchased it prior to February 2015. But that does not mean you need to have it replaced or repaired. As Apple states, there are just a small percentage of units with this issue. If you are taking photos and they are not fuzzy or blurry, but crisp and clean, then regardless of when you purchase the 6 Plus, you don't need to get it repaired because, well, there is nothing to repair. Yes, many spun this to be all iPhone 6 Pluses are affected, but they are all not. Again, it's just a small percentage, but a small percentage of a large number is a good size number. And since Apple made this post public, this means if even a year from now or so you have an issue show up, it is most likely Apple will repair it at that time, no questions asked. That's just how Apple rolls. The main thing to ask in this situation is, are the pictures from my eyesight camera, the one on the back, blurry? If yes, take it to the Apple store and get it repaired. If no, then nothing to see here. No pun intended. Move along, move along. I'd just like to say a big thanks to all the morning news programs and mainstream press that made this a bigger issue than Stage Fright Gate. Just saying. FYI, this is not something new either. We first talked about blurry iPhone 6 Plus pictures on episode 328 back in November 2014. So again, this is something that's been known for 10 months. The difference is now Apple just put a post up saying, yes, there's an issue. Here's how to check your serial number and here's what to do if your serial number matches and, and capital A, capital N, capital D, your photos are blurry. Nice article from Johnny Evans over at Computer World with regards to iOS 9 and one of the key new features. And that has to do with an improvement of Siri per what Apple is calling proactive. Proactive tries to figure out what you plan or what to you want to do next and then help you with said task. For example, if you call a certain person around the same time every day, Proactive will place that contacts icon on your search screen around the time it thinks you might make that call. Or if you visit the gym on a regular basis and normally play music, you will start to see a now playing dialog box on the lock screen or when you connect your headphones once you get to the gym. 
Or if you get a phone call from an unknown number per your contact phone numbers, but the number was in an email, Proactive will let you know who might be calling. Or if you begin to write an email to multiple recipients, Proactive will suggest other people you usually include in similar groups. Or if you go to the local gentleman's club, it automatically puts your phone to do not disturb and turns off find my iPhone. All that kind of sounds a little big brother creepy-ish, right? Well, that last one could be helpful. But I mean, do you really want all this info on what you are doing to be shared with Apple where they sell off your data to the highest and lowest and in-between bidders? Well, luckily for you, you chose an iOS device and not an Android device. And we are dealing with Apple and not Google. See, the proactive, all that data gathering and modeling, it's done not in the cloud, but right on your device. Apple is not gathering this info to sell to their vast army of, quote, data partners, unquote. No, Apple is doing this to help make your UI experience a more convenient one, and one where your privacy remains intact. Kudos, Apple. Even if it does seem a little creepy, until we uh, all get kind of used to it and remember to not pick the extra person to add into that group email when we were actually going to talk about them in said email. Just saying. Some interesting quotes from Best Buy CEO Hubbard Jolly. He said, quote, demand for Apple Watch has been so strong in the stores and online, unquote. Of course, so strong without any numbers is not really a measurable metric, but it's still better than selling better than expected or showing signs of doing well or has pleasantly surprised us or we could not be happier with. Best Buy, which started selling the Apple Watch in early August at a select number of stores, originally was planning on having it available at 300 of its stores by the holiday season, i.e. mid-November. It is now saying it expects to be selling the Apple Watch at all 1,050 of its stores by the end of September. And yes, that's September 2015, not September 2016. Clearly, Best Buy would not be greatly ramping up the availability of the Apple Watch if it was not seeing good success of the Apple Watch as far as sales go. That said, so strong is still not a number, or as Ken Ray would say, numbers without numbers. But still, so strong is a lot stronger a phrase than general interest is showing an upward trend. As mentioned earlier, this episode is brought to you by Lynda, the online learning platform with over 3,300 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, that's free, go to lynda.com slash TII. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII. Lynda is for problem solvers, for the curious, for people who want to make things happen. Maybe you want to master Excel, learn negotiation tactics, build a website, or boost your Photoshop skills Go to lynda.com slash TII and feed your curious mind. Some of the courses I think many of you would benefit from are Up and Running with Slack, which was just released, iOS app development with Swift Essential Training, and one I just flagged to watch, Creating Audio Apps for iOS with John Nastos, which came out on August 11th. With a Lynda membership, you can download tutorials and watch them on the go, including access on your iOS device, Stream over 3,300 video courses on demand and learn on your own schedule. Take notes as you go and refer to them later. Create and save playlists of courses you want to watch or to share with friends or colleagues. Your Linda membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate, 
Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new, I want you to visit lynda.com slash TII and sign up for your free 10-day trial. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring this show. Good morning, Rob. This is Bob from Babylon. On the person that was having the issue with the black and white screen, in accessibility, make sure he does not have colors being inverted turned on. I had made this mistake years ago. Accidentally, I didn't know what it was. I'm a voiceover user, but I was kept being told my screen was black and white, and I didn't know I had done it, but I turned invert colors on by accident, and the uh, Apple support person turned it back off, and everything was good. So that could be their issue. They have invert colors turned on, and that's in settings, general, accessibility. Hope this helps. Have a good day. Bob, thanks for that feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. For the person with the backup problem and the shattered screen, the connecting action of connecting the iPhone to the computer will power on the iPhone and launch iTunes or launch separately. And to enter a password with the broken screen, hold the home button until you hear the voiceover tone. Then speak your password. Connection to iTunes will complete. From there, sync your backup. Hope this helps. Regards, Chris in London. Well, thanks, Chris, for that tip, and I hope that will help them get those photos over that they should have backed, or son should have backed up to start with. Hi, Rob. Lots of Apple Maps crashes with 8.4.1. Also experiencing native podcast apps crashes, which I have been fortunate enough in the past to not have had to deal with. Regards, Aaron from Crockett, California. And I did have a couple other people that emailed in saying they were having some crashing in bombing out issues of their device since they've updated to 8.4.1. Again, if you do have these issues, it does look like uh, you'd go into settings, general, reset, reset network settings, and that does seem to clear it up for most people. One of the people did say they had done that beforehand, but they had to do it afterwards again for it to work. Rob, per the play, pause going crazy. This happened to me also just recently. Never happened before, and I've had an iPhone all but the first year. I've got a 4S and not the latest iOS. I'm not sure if I was using Bluetooth at the time or what app I was listening to. It seemed like it was picking up noise or something from the mic and causing play to be interrupted. I think I was using a Bluetooth device. I turned off Bluetooth and probably quit and restarted the app, and all was good. I think I was using an aux cable from the headphone jack while having a Bluetooth headphone set turned on. Regards, Mike R. in Texas. Thanks, Mike, for the feedback. Hi, Rob. This is Michael from Richmond. I was calling in reference to the alarm clock issue, where it appears to go off but doesn't make any noise or vibrates. I'm also having that issue, and I thought that I had found a solution. I ended up deleting all of my alarms and setting them up once again as brand new alarms. And that seemed to work for about a week, maybe two weeks. Unfortunately, this morning, it didn't make noise again. So luckily, I woke up early enough that I was not late to work. I just wanted to let you know that other people are having that issue. I too have checked online for a solution and haven't found anything either. Hopefully, Apple can fix this in iOS 9. Thanks. Hey Rob, this is Dusty from Pennsylvania again. I am calling about the guys 
problem with this alarm. Now, I've had this problem happen to me. Now, I don't remember what the vibrating, but the times I've missed my alarm, I always had my volume turned all the way down on the ringer, which is the same volume I use. Like, sometimes I'll use the speaker to listen to podcasts in speaker mode. So I'll have the volume turned way down to where I barely can hear it, and it's not loud enough to wake me up. So I would, I mean, it's a simple thing, but if you're, if you have your ringer turned all the way down, it will not ring, it will not make any sound. And a lot of times for me, the vibration, usually I don't have it that close to me. So if it's not right on top of you or anything, you wouldn't feel the vibration necessarily. So I would just always make sure your volume's turned all the way up. I do that every time now, and I haven't missed one since, but I have missed a couple in the past, and every time my volume was turned all the way down, so... Just uh, maybe that's something you can check on and make sure you keep a look at it because um, I get notifications all the time. Never seem to uh, knock out my alarm. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Hope this helps and have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for your feedback there. We are now well over 2,000 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community this past week was from Myron Euchre, who posted the following question. Quote, I'm changing my stance on Apple Music. At first, there was no way I planned to subscribe to it, even though I'm still not convinced that it is as good as advertised. One thing that I'm thinking about is how my kids listen to music. I'm guessing that 7- and 11-year-old children will listen to different songs in the future. Rather than buying all the songs they are asking for, thank you, YouTube, I can just let them download anything they want now. Then when their music tastes change, they can delete it from their device and I don't end up uh, with it in my library. It also solves the problem of music I rip from CDs. I have those albums in my iCloud music library, but only my wife and I have access to that. There are other songs that my kids would like on their devices, but cannot have without me paying for them again. With Apple Music, you can just download what they want. Does that justify $15 a month for a family plan? For now, it seems to, but I can always change my mind in the future. I also downloaded a couple of albums I liked where I usually would have just purchased them. Unquote. Myron, very good points. If you have kids, especially young ones, as they move from Laurie Berkner to Kids Bop to some Disney XD Stars soundtrack to who knows what, yeah, kids are going to be changing their music tastes. That said, for my kids, Pandora is where they get most of their music, and then iTunes Radio and Spotify to a much lesser extent. Of the three, I would say Pandora is actually where they spend 90% of their time listening to music. I went into Pandora to see what channels they've created recently. Kids Bop was what was active, but there was a Phineas and Ferb channel, Taylor Swift Radio, Ross Lynch Radio, and Narwhals Radio. Really, boys? Taylor Swift? And then a whole bunch of other stations created. And going far enough down the list was SpongeBob Radio, Toddler Radio, and Alvin and the Chipmunks Radio. So Pandora has served for them their changing tastes over the years. But it does require a data connection for it to work. Well, Myron, thanks for your post. And since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens of other new posts in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboy's free zone and a spammer free zone. Yep, it's the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 2,000 plus of you already in the community and contributing. Also from the Google Plus community was this post from Alan Rotberg, who wrote, quote, 
Does anybody know if the Apple Watch is waterproof? And if so, to what extent? Can I shower with it or wash my hands without any concerns? Unquote. Well, Alan, according to Apple, you can wash your hands and shower with it, but you should not go swimming with it or take a bath with it. It is more water-resistant than waterproof. If you fall in the pool with it on, you're probably not going to be having any issues. But if you plan on swimming half a mile, then issues fine shall you. Here's a little quiz for you. Do you know what happens if you have a consumer electronics device that you don't update for over two and a half years? Yeah, you lose market share. No, duh. And some recent numbers on the set-top box streaming device market were just released, and guess what? Apple TV dropped to fourth place. Roku is in first with 34% of units sold in 2014. Google was second with 23%. Amazon is now third with 16%, and Apple TV was down to 13%. Not sure why it took them nine months to get these numbers together. Nearly 20% of U.S. broadband households own at least one streaming media player, or put another way, 80% of U.S. broadband households do not own a streaming media player of any type. I'd like to think of the market opportunity as 80% open rather than 20% closed. When you actually look at what is in those 20% of households, Roku is number one at 37%. Chromecast is number two at 19%, Apple TV is third at 17%, and Amazon Fire is fourth at 14%. So yeah, if last year they sold 13% and overall they're at 17%, at some point in time they were selling much better than 17%, so yeah, Apple needs to do something. Again, with 2014 percentages being what they were, in 2015 it has to be even worse for Apple TV. Unless, of course, Apple does release a new and greatly improved Apple TV next month with the ability, with availability, I should say, before November in great quantity. We don't need shortages for the next Apple TV this holiday season. Hearing me, Apple. Is there a new Apple TV coming? Yes. Is it coming at the September 9th event? It better, it better, it bet. I mean, when I say I need it, you say you better. Because if it's not announced in September, it is going to cut me like a knife. On the iPad Pro rumor front, it looks like it may have been spotted in some app logs. A device with model identifier of iPad 6,8 and a resolution of 2732 by 2048 pixels was found. It was also found to be running iOS 9.1 which would lead one to believe if announced in September, we likely would not see it until at least November. The specs of the pixels also point more towards a 12.9 inch display. Some new or re-mentioned rumored specs for the iPad Pro come from Ming-Chi Kuo, who is saying again that said device will have forced touch. It will go into production in September. It will have a special stylus that will be designed to take advantage of forced touch. Also, rumors are saying a max storage of 256 gig on the top end. If said iPad Pro is coming and it has the specs rumored, it looks like the credit card in my back pocket is going to get another workout this fall. Some are also suggesting since it likely will not be released until at least November, it is not likely to be mentioned at the Apple event in September. There are lots of speculations about whether the September event will be all-encompassing, where all new iOS devices and the new Apple TV are announced, or if iPads are pushed to October, 
or if the only thing in October is the iPad Pro with the iPad mini update being briefly mentioned, if at all, in the September event, or it just might happen to show up online, along with the new iPhones being mentioned for sure at the September event, with the lion's share of the announcement being per the iPhone and then some more for the Apple TV with a smaller role than the iPhones in that announcement, but still bigger than the iPad mini announcement, if at all mentioned. Needless to say, lots of things on the bingo card for a September event. We'll have an indication, though, if the iPad Pro is going to be mentioned at the September event if, say, a couple of days before the event, they have announced a new iPad mini. So if the iPad mini, not even, you're not really even announced, just update the website to a new iPad mini. Apple's done this before, before major events. They update a couple of items about a week before the event. Um, and that just kind of gives you a clue that there's other things, bigger things going to happen at that event. Hey, Rob, it's Kevin Crossman from Fremont, California. What would I love to see in a new iPhone? that you haven't mentioned. How about some sort of coating or something that makes the device way less slippery so that I can use the phone without having to put it into a case to give it uh, more tactile traction in my hand? That would be the thing that would get me to upgrade. Oh, who am I kidding? I'm going to upgrade anyway. But uh, I would love to see that feature. Kevin, very good point. I would love to see that because I can tell you right now, when I take my iPhone 6 Plus out of the case, the only place I feel comfortable using it is in the middle of my bed. Because everywhere else I'm holding it, it just feels like it's going to fly out of my hand. Uh, it just feels slippery. So, yeah, I agree. It would be nice to have a nice little coating on there to make it a little bit more grippy rather than feeling like it just wants to slip and fly out of your hand. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I think the most useful feature that could be added to the iPhone 6 would be a new back button to the left of the home button. The side swipe gesture works only in a few apps, and so it's not consistent. Using reachability to just be able to reach the top left back button is as painful as the reachability gesture itself doesn't work all that well. I know Apple has resisted adding a back button all this time, but that was okay as long as the iPhone was usable in one hand. Now that is not the case. So a physical back button makes a lot of sense. The location of the power button is troublesome. Many times you end up pressing it while trying to reduce volume. One solution could be to turn the power button into a slider like uh, the iPad, or at least move the button to the top. The iPad has an even larger screen than the iPhone, and it has the power button on the top, so I don't know why they decided to change the power button position in the first place. Regards, Karthik. Well, thanks, Karthik. I think there's pretty much 0.0000000001% chance of seeing a back button being added. Matter of fact, a lot of rumors say the home button goes away. So, yeah, I don't see them adding a button. do agree with you. I'm not really sure why Apple decided to move it uh, the power button to the side. I don't like it there. And a lot of times when you're trying to hold it with one hand and use the volume buttons, you're hitting the power button. So I'd love to see that moves, but you're not going to see any buttons or anything moved around like that in the S update. So that's going to be something we're going to have to wait until iPhone 7 to see any physical updates on the outside of the device. Hi, Rob. I'm just responding to your question in episode 359 about what feature in the new upcoming iPhones that I would make great early. I've got a six uh, iPhone 6 
which I'm relatively happy with, apart from the fact that I've been having quite a few crashes. Uh, with the rumor of the 2 gigabyte RAM, I'm led to believe that this might be a solution to my crashing and springboard problems, so that would be the feature I'll be looking out for. Camera, I'm not too fussed about. Loss of uh, the home button, again, I'm not too fussed about. Force touch would be an addition, but it wouldn't necessarily be a uh, slam dunk for me, but yes, definitely 2 gigabytes of RAM would be the one. Anyway, thanks for all you do. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Tosin from Bollyhall UK. Tosin, thanks for the feedback. And if all it's going to take for you to upgrade is 2 gig of RAM, there's a high probability, a very, very high probability, 99.999% probability, that you are going to be upgrading in September. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. What feature would make me switch to the next-gen iPhone? Tooth be told, I'm pretty recent to the iOS iPhone world. My first phone was the 4S, and then I got the 5S. Now I have the 6. They all had interesting features on their own. There's really nothing right now that the 6S has, well, that's been rumored, that I want beside the rumored 12-megapixel camera. If Apple ever did decide to bring back the 32-gig iPhone, I'd be all over that besides the, the 64. Right now, I'll stick with my 6 till next fall, then pick up the 6S or 7, whatever it's called. Regards, Chris. Hey, Rob. Mark from St. Louis. Really enjoy your show. You want to know what would make me buy the iPhone 6S? Stereo speakers. I want stereo speakers on my phone. That is a must for me. Thank you, Bob. Have a, Rob, have a good day. Mark, thanks for the feedback. And here's what I have to say about stereo speakers. You know, the iPad mini and the iPad Air, they have stereo speakers. To take advantage of the stereo speakers, one would need to put the device on the bridge of your nose. Otherwise, you really don't get that full stereo feel with from those speakers. So not quite sure how you're planning to hold your iPhone 6S or 6S Plus that you're going to be able to take advantage of those stereo speakers. Hi, Rob. I would like the ability to have two SIM cards in the same device. Nice dream, but hey, we live in hope. Regards, Mike L., host of the Blind Sport Podcast. Well, Mike, I, Apple has gone down in size of their SIM cards, you know, down to the, where the current one is now, Nano, whatever they call that thing. It's really small SIM card. The chances of them adding a second one in there... It's just not going to happen. I, you know, their thought process is: you want a second SIM card in there, put pull out the current one, put in the new one. But space is precious, and they covet every square millimeter or micrometer in that device. So, yeah, I just don't see them adding the second SIM card. I know in Asia and Europe that is a big deal. So maybe, maybe if Apple really is trying to tout a device for the Chinese market, they'd do it. But it, that's a big maybe. I just Apple. Everything Apple's done is to save space. So who knows? Maybe the six plus they could do it on the six plus. There's room there on that device where they could have two SIM cards on the six plus S. And again, if they did do that, that would be purely for the Chinese market where two SIM cards is actually a pretty big deal. Wow, I think I almost convinced myself that it might happen. Back into the email bag. 
Hi Rob, just wanted to write in with an issue I had and a solution I found. I noticed my playlists were gone off my iPhone. I had turned on Apple Music but never set iCloud Music Library. Connecting my phone to iTunes indicated that iCloud Music Library was on. I went to iTunes Preferences General to turn it off, but it was actually unchecked. I found that you also have to go on your iPhone to Settings Music and turn it off there as well. I did another backup and sync, and they are now back on my phone. Hope that helps others that are having that issue. Bonus tip, while listening to a song on Apple Music, active, activate Siri and say, I like this song. And she'll hit ha- it with the like or the heart button for you. Regards, Lou V. As always, Lou, thanks for your feedback. Hello, Rob. This is Bob from Babylon. And I was wondering if you could recommend a good entry-level microphone for, say, the iPhone and the iPad. I was thinking of getting into doing some podcasting and uh, didn't want to break the budget. I wanted a nice entry-level mic that, you know, had good quality and uh, worked well with the iPhone and the iPad. Uh, I know you've talked about this in the past. I just don't know what episodes to go back to and to find it. So um, if you could give a quick... uh, quick bit of information on that uh, it would really be appreciated thank you and take care oh bob haven't they warned you never ask the podcaster to talk about podcasting all right i need to put together a pdf with my recommendations for setting up the mobile recording for our podcasts on the iphone but here is my setup for mobile first you need the right apps boss jock ten dollars and Twisted Wave, $10, are the two must-get apps if you're going to podcast from your iPhone. Boss Jock for the recording, and then the exporting as MP3 to Libsyn. Twisted Wave for any editing after you record. The mic that I would recommend uh, would, well, it would depend on your needs of that mic. There are two key ones to pick from. If All you're going to be doing is connecting the mic to your iPhone and most of your recordings will be an interview. Then go with the IK Multimedia iRig Mic HD. It's $99 for B&H Photo. And that comes with a micro USB to lightning cable. And that's it. You're done. You connect that to the iPhone, Boss Jock app, Twisted Wave, done. If, however, you want to also connect that mic to your home setup and you have a mixer, then go with the Audio-Technica ATR2100. It's about $58 right now from B&H Photo. Well, typically it runs anywhere from $58 to $70. But you will also need the USB to lightning adapter. That's another $30. That mic gives you XLR and USB connections, so it's more functional for both home and travel. But for just travel, I like and I use the IK iRig mic HD most of the time. I have both, but again, when I have to go out and do a portable recording with my iPhone, the one I'm always grabbing is the iRig mic HD. Again, I need to put this together as a PDF sometime soon uh, for the TI app, so it'll be right there in the PDF section. But thanks for the question. Hey Rob, aloha. This is Kona from Hawaii. Hey, I got a question. Um, I had to return my Apple Watch. It didn't fit my needs in Hawaii, and a lot of people I know that are active and always in the water, they never use their watch to do any type of activity activities like that. And I was wondering if you knew of any 
new products from Apple so far as a watch is concerned or what's in the makings. One of my biggest problems was even on a run, I had to, to try to get, just get my heartbeat. Number one, you have to wipe off your hands because this screen is totally unresponsive to when your fingers are wet. So I had to kind of dry my fingers off and keep trying to do it. And you can pretty much lose momentum trying to just even get a heart rate. And you have to go through so many screens. I was wondering also if if any, some of your listeners knew of a way to keep that heart rate monitor on the top during a run. Love your show, Rob. Just get these problems, and um, I hope uh, I am able to get the next generation of Apple Watch because I have all the Apple products, but I had to return that watch after the trial period. So I sold it on eBay, and I think I got close to what I paid for it. But if anybody, I mean, if your listeners know what, what's up on that, just give me a shout out and let me know. Once again, love your show, Rob. Aloha. Hi, Kona. Thanks for the voicemail message and sorry the Apple Watch wasn't for you. Per your questions, first one up you asked, do I know when the next product or what the next product is from Apple? No, not a clue. No one really does. When's the next Apple Watch coming? It's not going to be this year probably won't be for another 12 months at least probably around this time next year it might even be longer than that per your other question about getting the heart rate on your apple watch when you're out for a run that's actually really easy if you activate the uh, the activity app that's the one that looks like the guy that's running uh, it's a green circle with the guy who looks like he's running and you go ahead and you pick the outdoor run and you start the run uh, what you'll see is the first screen you're on is elapsed time. If you swipe to the right, that'll take you back to the end and resume screen. But if you swipe to the left, the second screen is going to be the pace. The third screen is going to be your distance. The fourth screen is going to be how many calories you've pulled. And the last screen is your heart rate. So you just swipe all the way over to keep swiping left until you get to the last screen. And that'll be your heart rate. And that's true on any of the different activity apps that they or different activity functions that you're doing. So like when I do my indoor cycle, I always swipe it all the way over and get my heart rate. And this way, while I'm working out, I can just you know, quickly glance up, lift, lift my wrist, and I'll be able to see what my heart rate is. And it'll stay right there. And if I tap, just even tap on the screen, it'll bring my heart rate up. So again, that's already there in the stock app from Apple. Again, that's the little green circle with the guy running, which you probably can't check because, well, someone on eBay has your Apple Watch. But yeah, it's already there, ready to go, keeping your heart rate right up there. And then, of course, there's always the heart rate app where you could just put on the heart rate app and just monitor it that way. A quick correction from the last episode in the Indiegogo project that I mentioned. Uh, that was the thin charge case. And I had said that when you added your iPhone 6 Plus or 6, excuse me, into the case, it changed total weight from 4.6 ounces to 4.9 ounces, meaning that the case only weighed 0.3 ounces. Um, no. As Eric B. was quick to point out, actually, that is a typo on the Indiegogo project page, and it should have been. 7.6 ounces as it weighs 3 ounces, not 0.3 ounces for the thin charge case, which is still very impressive as other battery cases are usually double that and then some. So Eric, thank you for pointing out that issue.
Hi, Rob. Here is a Kickstarter project for the show. It's the world's best travel jacket regards Thomas in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Well, thanks, Thomas. And this one you have until September 3rd to fund. This one had uh, a modest goal of $20,000. They have so far raised over 308 times that amount. Yes, that's right. Over $6 million is where they are. So this one is kind of successful. Yeah, just a wee bit. What is said project? Quote, travel jacket will build uh, with a built-in neck pillow, eye mask, gloves, earphone holders, drink pocket, tech pocket of all size and comes in four, uh, in four styles. Yes, this is the Scott E. Vest of Kickstarter projects. Pricing on this one is 119 for the sweatshirt and 129 for the windbreaker. The blazer is 149 or 369. You can get one of each and even pick the bomber jacket, which is not available on its own right now. Anyway, if you are looking for a versatile, yes, I'm a geek, deal with it type jacket or blazer or windbreaker or bomber jacket, then you have until September 3rd at 12 p.m. Central Time to fund this one. Just search for travel jacket, two words, at kickstarter.com. Thanks to Tash for this next one, which is an article titled Genius Bar Secrets Revealed, How to Get the Most Out of Your Trip to the Apple Store. And well, it actually is an article that covers what the title suggests. One of the pieces of advice, be honest about if your device is damaged, especially water damage. If you dropped it in the hot tub, don't go in and say, nope, it's never been wet, as all those moisture sensors will have been triggered. One of the pieces of advice is, your earbuds are covered under Apple warranty. Yep, we've mentioned that in the past. So if your earbuds are acting up from last year's iPhone purchase, take them in now, get a new pair. And there are another eight pieces of advice, which is worth going through, especially if you plan on visiting the Apple store anytime soon or having issues. One more I will leave you with is this, is that the geniuses can extend your warranty 45 days past the one-year mark if they want to. So be polite, and if in mid-October your iPhone 6 or 6 Plus starts acting wonky, don't think you missed the boat. You might still get the coverage on that warranty. I think the best bit of advice is to be polite and honest and polite and not mention, but, well, this will help too. Dress nice and wear your Apple Watch and shave if you shave and shower. Don't go in looking all scraggly and smelling like you worked out three hours ago and have not showered in a couple of days. Yes, looking good and smelling good has a positive impact on your outcome. It is just human nature. Look for the link in the show notes titled Genius Bar Secrets Revealed. Hey Rob, it's Eric from AppChasers.com. I always love your show and wanted to respond to your request to refer your podcast to friends and family. And it was a nice coincidence because uh, last week on my site, AppChasers.com, I posted an article about how to master your iPhone and iPad uh, using podcasts. Uh, to learn how to get more effective with the devices. And, of course, yours uh, was one of the podcasts I mentioned. So I sent you over a link, and also in that article you'll find uh, my favorite podcast player apps, too. All right, keep up the great work, Rob, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Eric, thanks for the voicemail feedback, and, of course, thank you for the mention. 
And folks, I will have a link to Eric's article in the show notes for episode two, was it 360. <laughs> wow, I'm dating myself. Episode 360 over at todayinios.com. Hello, this is uh, Joe from New York. Um, Jonathan called on the, the previous podcast, not last one, but the one before that. He's the one who switched back from Android that switched two years ago. He had a problem or was wondering about an app for iOS that would announce text messages to his Bluetooth device. I don't think there is any, but if he is an iPhone user now, uh, the best thing I can think of without having to pull your phone out of your pocket is called the Apple Watch. I know it's a joke, but without pulling your phone out of your pocket, just turn your wrist and that'll, that'll tell you what the text message is right there, Jonathan. Okay? Take care. It's a uh, $399 app, technically, but it'll work. Take care. Bye. Hello, Rob. It's Joe from New York. <clears throat> On one of your last podcasts, one of your calls called up about the Apple Watch being set to mirror the iPhone regarding the uh, Do Not Disturb mode. And I think the caller said that uh, in the morning, his watch would continue to stay on Do Not Disturb mode. I know this is not really, well, definitely an answer, but I shut the mirroring off because, for example, when you're at night, when you're charging your Apple Watch, don't get any notifications because it's being charged. Therefore, you don't have to worry about your Apple Watch being on Do Not Disturb mode while your phone is because it will not get any notifications because it's being charged. The alarm will still sound, but any notifications that would go to the phone would stay on the phone and not go to the watch because it's being charged. That's a default setting with Apple. I hope that will help. Take care. Bye. Joe, thanks for the feedback. Hi, Rob. You mentioned Duet Display on the last show. I noticed just now that it is available for Mac and PC, but I heard you say Mac only. It could just be that you are a Mac user and not that concerned about PC. I was thinking about how I could use it as an extra monitor on my work machine as well. Regards, Myron Yu. Hi, Myron. You are correct. It does now work and support Windows Phone 7 or later PCs. I believe when it was first released, it was just for Macs. At least that was what, what I was thinking uh, from my memory. Again, who knows how good my memory is. Should have looked at that updated specs, but thanks for catching that. So yes, Duet Display does work if you have a Windows, not Phone 7, but a Windows 7 machine or later. So any Windows 7 machine or later, it will work with. Back to the email bag. Hey Rob, I haven't had to do this myself yet, so I'm not sure what really happens when you do reset network settings. One thing that scares me, do you lose all the Wi-Fi passwords you've entered? Like your home network, or your local coffee house, or bar, or gym, or friend's house, or mother-in-law's house, or whatever. Do you really have to re-enter all those Wi-Fi passwords once you reset network settings? If so, is there an app that saves all your Wi-Fi passwords? And what else do you lose when you use reset network settings? Regards, Eric B. Eric, yes, you lose all your passwords that are stored for the networks you frequent. That is the downside of doing reset network settings. Oh, you also lose the name of the device. It just resets it to iPhone or iPad. You can always use the Notes app for the passwords, but it is not all that secure, especially if you don't have a passcode for your phone, which you know you, you really should. But you may want to get a Notes app that also has password protection it, something like uh, locked folder free. So that'll help you there. But yep, you'll lose the passwords. Back to the email bag. 
Hey Rob, I have an iPod Touch 6 Gen, and for some reason, in my health app, it doesn't count my flights climbed. It counts my steps, but not my flights of stairs. If anyone knows how to fix this, I would like some help. Regards, Easton. Well, if anyone has a 6th gen iPod Touch and was having issues with it counting flight of stairs and you know how to fix that, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. The email bag. Oh, Rob, I was listening to your last podcast, episode 359, when the listener called in and was getting messages on his Apple Watch when he had all of the radios turned off on his phone. I, too, have experienced this and wondered why. I remember that Apple Watch can still be connected to an iPhone via Wi-Fi, even if it's out of range of Bluetooth. This got me thinking, so I turned off all my radios on my iPhone and looked at my router to see if the Apple Watch was connected to Wi-Fi, and it turns out it is. My guess is that because the Apple Watch is connected to Wi-Fi, it is somehow able to receive the message via the router directly. Just a thought. What do you think? Regards, Johnny Apple Watch. Hey, Rob. This is Dalton from California. Calling in response to a caller you had that was getting text messages on his watch, even though his iPhone, all the radios were turned off, no Bluetooth, no Wi-Fi and everything. I remember something from back in the early days from the talk show with John Gruber. So the neat little trick with the Apple Watch, and I have actually tested this out. If you're connected into the Wi-Fi that you're, you've been in with your phone and watch, so the, the phone has connected at one point to that Wi-Fi, and you had your watch with you, your Apple Watch, if your phone is turned off or is in airplane mode or all the radios are turned off, you will still receive messages because your watch is still connected to the Internet through the Wi-Fi, and I guess it's sitting it kind of like through iMessage. I tested that out. I killed all the radios off of my phone but kept my connection to cellular on, and I was able to receive a message. I then put it into airplane mode. I was still able to receive a message on my watch, and then I disconnected my Wi-Fi, turned it off the Wi-Fi, and kept the phone in airplane mode and was not able to receive the message until I turned Wi-Fi back on. As soon as I turned Wi-Fi back on and my phone was still in airplane mode, I was able to receive a message. I have experienced that at work. I work in a large plant, and sometimes I've left my phone on my desk charging, and I'll be very, very, very far away, like half a mile away, but still in the same Wi-Fi network, and I would still get messages and calls through my watch. Anyways, hope that helps. Keep up the good work. Love the show. Rob Dalton from California again. Quick little tip that I forgot. I have not tested this, but I heard on other podcasts where they said it happens. In regards to the watch receiving messages, even though the radios and the phone is turned off, another thing that can happen is, say, for instance, I went to a friend's house with my phone and watch one day connected to the Wi-Fi network there. And say the next day I went, but I left my phone at home. Your watch will automatically connect to that Wi-Fi network because it is a known network already established in the watch. And you would still be able to get your messages and make calls from it and pretty much use it like normal. So, again, I have not tested this out. I've heard other podcasts, respectable ones, that have said that this would happen. So I might just throw that in there. Anyway, have a good one. Dalton, thanks for your feedback. Thanks to Chris in London and Francesco T for the heads up on this next one, which is that the Pangu jailbreak team, yeah, they have already demonstrated a jailbreak for iOS 8.4.1. 
They showed that at the HackPawn 2015, a security conference where you don't want to be using the public Wi-Fi. It is being uh, speculated, however, that the Pangu jailbreak team will actually wait until iOS 9 is fully released before they release their next jailbreak. That is assuming that the jailbreak also works on iOS 9. If it does not, then we could see the iOS 8.4.1 jailbreak at any time. It is surprising to see them jailbreak it this quick, as it seemed Apple was deliberately killing uh, the 8.4 jailbreak in the latest update with their nod to the jailbreak team at the top of the release notes. In any case, good news to anyone that jailbreaks and accidentally updated to 8.4.1, and likely good news for those that upgrade to iOS 9, although that's yet to be seen. Hey, Rob, this is Brent out here in Oklahoma City. I had a couple questions, some uh, information I was looking from you that you probably know the answer to, but uh, one of them is just a curiosity. I was curious about if you knew, like, how early Apple starts working on new devices. They're about to release the iPhone, you know, 6S or 6S Plus. I mean, how long have they been working on that? Is that, you know, something that they've already been working on for a year? Is that something that they've got, you know, two or three designs in the pipeline and they just, you know, release them a little at a time or whatever? I'm just curious if you happen to know the answer because I'm, you know, wonder if they just immediately go to work on a new iPhone when a, uh, when, right after a new one's released or if they've already been working on it. The second thing I was going to ask is I've been hearing a lot of things about the subsidized phones. They're not going to be subsidizing. Carriers aren't going to be subsidizing anymore or then I'm hearing them they are, and then, you know, that you have to do it this way or have to do it online. I wonder if you might talk a little bit about what is the real story on, you know, if carriers are still going to subsidize phones and whatever. Um, maybe you heard about that or have done some research. And then the final thing I was going to ask is about the Apple Watch. I know that it has, uh, since it has built-in Wi-Fi, but I wonder if you might speak to actually what that built-in Wi-Fi does. Um, you know, the, there's not a Wi-Fi option on the Apple Watch. So what exactly is the Wi-Fi doing? You know, I know that Bluetooth is there to connect it and so forth, but I just, I guess I don't understand exactly why they told it to have a, a Wi-Fi chip in it or transmitter or whatever, because, I, you know, I don't really see what it's actually doing. So if you can address those items, I would sure appreciate it. Thanks, Max. Well, Brent, per your last question first, as you heard from Dalton, doing quite a bit with that Wi-Fi. So that enables you to get onto the internet, apparently, and get some email messages and other messages directly from the internet, from the Wi-Fi, without having to connect to your iPhone. But it does also allow you to connect to your, your iPhone if you're out of range of Bluetooth and you're both on the same Wi-Fi network. Per your earlier question about when does Apple start working on the next gen? Oh, they've been working on it for a while. When they start doing testing is a different story and they get units that are out in the field. We know at least, at least six months early based on when someone had lost one and a bar. We know at least six months early, Apple has devices out there that some of their employees are testing out in the field. We know at least two years early, they're out there sourcing parts and components and doing design work. So right now, they're designing the iPhone 7, the iPhone 7S, the iPhone 8, and maybe even the 8S. So that's where they're at right now, and maybe even looking at ideas for the iPhone 9. 
but definitely are already working on next year's and the year after and the year after that's right now at this point in time, especially uh, considering the next year's is supposed to be when they do a major change on the physical look of it. And so uh, they're probably on that one and then the one after that. But as far as having devices in their hands that they can test, next year's device, they probably have some prototypes that they're already able to do some testing with. And they'll have units that are more almost production ready, probably in the six month to nine month time frame from when they plan to release it. Again, this is all based on when past devices have been lost and server log information and other things. And then plus knowing how long it takes to source components and test components and everything else. It's, it's a long process. To from start to finish for any iPhone. Oh, when I'm saying that they're working on the iPhone 7, that doesn't mean they've locked down the design. They may have multiple paths that they're looking at going, especially when you look at the iPhone 8. It's, they definitely haven't locked down design on that. But they are working on multiple generation of devices already at this point in time. On the last episode, I asked people to send me screenshots of the best signals they picked up from their carriers after they changed it from dots to uh, DB numbers on their phones. Stephen B. had minus 79 on Verizon in Alfreda, Georgia, which was the best I saw from anyone on Verizon. But Stephen M. had the winner with minus 53 via Digicel. In the supplemental award, John D. had minus 43, but he was using a signal booster in his house, so really not a fair comparison. To the email bag. Hey Rob, do you know of an option to turn off the ability to open the app store from other apps? Funny Picks app I have this issue with. I think it is embedded into the ads on to the open the app store. I don't mind looking at ads, but opening the app store over and over drives me nuts. Regards, Thomas in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Not that I know of, Thomas, no way that I know to block that unless, well, I guess you could completely turn off uh, under restrictions the App Store so that the App Store can't even be opened. But then you, every time you want to go in and get an app, it's going to be kind of a pain. But I guess if you completely killed off the App Store, then it wouldn't be able to launch the App Store. So if this is really driving you crazy enough, go into restrictions and turn off the ability to launch the App Store app. Hi, Rob. I listened to your podcast for several years now, usually in my car through a cassette tape adapter and the earphone plug on my iPhone to listen over the car stereo. This works fine until the wheels in the cassette started to squeak. Three adapters later, I decided to get a Bluetooth for my truck, 2003 Ford Sport Trek. I purchased a Motorola Roadster 2 from Best Buy. It worked fairly well at first, although the sound quality was not as good as cassette adapter. You sounded as if you had made the recording in a tunnel. After about a month, I started having issues with it not connecting to my iPhone without being turned on and off. Then it wouldn't turn on at all. I took it back to Best Buy and got a replacement. No hassle from the store at all. One month later, same problem with connections occurred. Then it died too. I took it back and got store credit. No real options to choose from. I really like the ability to make hands-free phone calls and listen to podcasts and audiobooks with Bluetooth adapter. I was wondering if you or any of the listeners had any suggestions on type of Bluetooth car kit that I could get. 
especially if it's from Best Buy. Any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Regards, John from Middleton, Ohio. Go Flyers. Well, I edit that. Well, John, if uh, I'm going to throw this out to listeners. If anyone has a good third-party aftermarket Bluetooth car kit that they've installed, especially if you got it at Best Buy, and it's working well with your Apple um, iPhone, and you're able to connect via Bluetooth when you get in and play podcasts and all that, let us know which one you have. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. I use Family Mobile's prepaid service. However, I want to buy the new iPhone next month. I need to know which carrier will allow me to use my Family Mobile SIM with the phone. Currently, I'm using my old Verizon iPhone 5, which came unlocked with Family Mobile. Also, if when I pre-order the phone from Apple.com, will they try and make me sign up with one of the major carriers, or will I be able to just pay full price for the iPhone? I want to pay full price. Help. Regards, Shakita from South Carolina. And Shakita, what you'll probably want to do is get the Verizon phone. Um, but you're going to have to see if they're going to let you do that. But the Verizon phone is fully unlocked due to their uh, agreements with the FCC. So if you can get a Verizon phone fully unlocked, not on a contract, that's the one you want to go with. Hello, Rob. It's Daniel from Wisbeach in Cambridgeshire. Now, think of a town so backward in technology that people in the street stop and point at cars. And you've got Whiz Beach. Don't come here, honestly. Next week, I'm leaving. I'm still coming to America. I've paid me $14 for my visa waiver release form. Incidentally, genius, just saying. And I quote, no, not really. I'm just copying everything you start saying, Rob. Anyway, the reason for this is uh, your previous podcast, 300 and something, I believe, highlighted something quite interesting to me, and it was the guy that found himself underneath a car and phoned, phoned? Hold on. What is this, 1980? Sorry, he used Siri to uh, his escape, uh, to enable his escape. Now, if that was this country, Siri can't even order me a pizza without having a meltdown. So I think you'd be reading an obituary. Not the great story that that was. The other thing is you wanted some feedback on what the new iPhone should be. Now, here's mine. I would like, please, bigger, okay? Now, I don't want to keep looking down at my palm and seeing something getting smaller. Now, I don't know if that's a man thing, but that's certainly a my thing. I want bigger because bigger equals more robust. Now, I want something so big and robust that when you bring it up to your ear to answer a phone call, you bring that up too fast, that's knocking you out. That's what I'm talking about. Basically, in a nuclear war, I want my phone and cockroaches to be the only two things that survive. I'm tired of these things and this bend gate and everything being lost and broken and damaged easily. And, and also, if they keep making it smaller, something's got to go. Is that going to be the ability to make phone calls? Are we going to just have to do away with that because we want something a little bit smaller? I'm not saying let's go back to 1980, all right, where you used to have to carry around a, a bloody battery pack, Rob. But I'm just saying, okay, I'm just saying, there it is again. It's infectious. You do this to me. I'm just saying, I want something a bit bigger, okay? 
because bigger is more practical. Now, the second thing I want is I want my life opened up to Apple. I want to give Apple my life. I'm like, here, take everything I do, know everything I do, have all my passwords, have all of my details, take my bank. I ain't got nothing in there anyway. Just take it, just take everything, just be better. If, if I get an email or, or something that says, oh, oh, Daniel, hello, this is the uh, gum clinic. We've got your uh, reports back from your urine test. I want to know about that. I want Siri to be able to tell me that, you know, I need to um, drink cranberry juice because obviously that'll take down the, uh, the uh, sting. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm babbling. Anyway, the other thing is um, I take a lot of selfies. Uh, I'm on Instagram, okay? My username is Mr. Beardy Dan. Now, if anybody wants to go and have a little look at me, that's fine. Okay, but I've got a beard. All right, you have to understand that it's big. All right, that comes as a warning. I have to give that to everybody. But it used to be, and now I cut it down. However, I'm still coming to America, so please welcome me in. Now, the reason is when you press your finger on the shutter, it's burst mode. I want that, okay, to happen when you don't need to press the screen. I take a lot of selfies. All right, I don't mind. I admit it. So for me, that would be a godsend. I'm in, iPhone 6S, bang, job done. Apple, take my money again, please. You've already got my bank details. Don't even ask me anymore. Just every year, reoccurring 650 pounds, bang, out of my account. Thank you very much, give me a new phone, job done. Rob, as always, don't think I've left anything out, but if I have, I'm sure I'll be back. Come here, a little bit closer, little bit closer, there you are. Have a nice day. Daniel, as always, thank you for your voicemail feedback and have a safe and fun trip to the U.S. Why was the cookie monster sad? My guess would be that he has no cookies. Why was the cookie monster sad? I don't know, but I think it has something to do with math. Why was the cookie monster sad? Cookie monster typically falls into a despondent state when he lacks access to a certain eponymous treat of the chocolate chip variety. And a little kudos to my nine-year-old son, Henry, for finding that hidden Easter egg. Thanks again to lynda.com for their support of TII. And if you go to lynda.com slash TII, that's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash TII, you'll get a free 10-day trial to their 3,300-plus video tutorials. Thanks, Linda, for sponsoring this show and for the free offer. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork feature to feature on the show that you've created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. It's your show and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com community. And finally, there is the TII app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app. And did I mention it is free? And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. 
This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. Quick little plug in here for my son Porter's podcast. Go to Porter Walsh, P-O-R-T-E-R-W-A-L-C-H.com. Episode 10 is now up for Porter's podcast. Short episode, only around 10 minutes long. Even better would be go to iTunes or the podcast app and search for Porter's podcast and subscribe. If you have kids, this is a fun podcast for your kids. And Porter thanks you for your support.